I mean, look, the, all I can say is that um, this is a health issue. This isn't. Uh, this is a you know. Um, it's got nothing to do with the economy. The economy no. and everything else was doing okay before. And as soon as the health issue disappears, or as soon as we get a handle on that, you know, people are fit and healthy. They're going to have money from the bank. So, you know, so if, if, uh-huh. if one business falls down, all right, fine, we'll get up and do, an, we'll do another one. Yeah. They'll still be able to get money from the bank because the ECB is going to be printing money just like the Bank of England's doing. Yeah. They're going to be desperate for the banks to get it out. Hello and welcome to Real Talk with Terry and the team, our new podcast series brought to you by Terry Bell, chairman of debt strategist firm Bell & Company and foreign property debt specialist EU Property Solutions. Terry is known for his straight talking and no-nonsense approach, so if you want real and current business talk, you've come to the right place. Hello there, Terry Bell here from Bell & Company. Uh, another edition of our podcast called Real Talk, Real Talk, excuse me. And what we're doing here, we're inviting doers and commentators that know their stuff to give us a bit of a heads up on where they are and where they see things progressing through these difficult times. We've got enough BS out there from mainstream media. And today I'm really pleased to invite a friend, somebody that will give you a vested interest. We do business together, Mr. Mark Elliott of Fluent Finance Abroad. Hi, Mike. Mark, how are you? Hello, Terry. Good afternoon. Thanks Good. for the invite. Good. Always Mark, love to see you. Good. And Mark's there in sunny San Pedro in the Costa del Sol. Tough gig. Obviously, it's only about 20 degrees. He's got his jumper on, as all, all Spanish people do. Mark, as you can tell, is, is, is English. But what are, you, what are you, half and half? How does it work? What's your gene pool? Half and half. My mother is from Madrid. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah. You can't, but you can't shake off the Croydon accent. I can't say to shake off the South London accent. No, it's, uh, it's that that one's going to stick with me for uh, forever. It seems, yeah. Cool. So originally, I'm from from Croydon, uh, from from Hurley, you know, yeah. and sorry. <clears throat> so what, as I was saying there with Mark, Mark's a doer and a commentator, and I'll, I'll give you a bit of a thing. A bit. So we've done a little bit of research, and you found out all your secrets, Mark. No, we haven't. What what but what Mark is, Mark is a doer. So Mark survived in the mortgage market 2008, which was absolutely catastrophic back in the day. Built up an excellent practice there in Spain. Uh, a team of how many, Mark, have you got working there? At the moment, we've got eight full-time. Eight uh, full-time. And in, in, in what is generally a, a tricky market, but you're very strong in it. And, I, I, you know, I will, will, will blow smoke there a little bit. And you're very efficient what you're doing. So you've, you. done, you've done it, gone through, come out the other side, done it, and gone there. Great little family setup you got there with Kelly and the two lads, and you're a commentator. You do you do have input. You you're regularly talking to the banks, and that's why we're we're torturing you today for a bit of commentary. What yeah. else can you tell us about that's nearly interesting, Mark? Well, I'll, I'll start off from the beginning because um, I guess the journey is 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 important. Uh, I originally got into financial services back in 2002. I worked for. Uh, a company called Lincoln Financial, which were uh, an insurance uh, protection provider. And I went through my FPCs there and I, I went into Lloyds Bank, into the Lloyds Banking Group, worked for Scottish Widows. Um, and that was fine. Uh, but then September 11th, 2001 happened. And uh, if you're in the financial sort of trying to sell pensions and investments and that sort of stuff, you would have had a pretty, pretty bad time. So Luckily enough, I lived in London and I got a job working for John Charcoal. 
uh, and uh, and that's when I started to understand how important property was, uh, property is to people, whether or not they were interested in buying a home to live in. Everyone wants to live in a lovely home, uh, and London, you know, the London property market was still booming. Like, it didn't matter what happened in September. It didn't really matter what happened in stock markets. Uh, the London property market was uh, still thriving. And then I also got to understand how important property was in terms of investment, uh, you know, with uh, people looking at uh, creating their own pension plans, you know, because pension plans have had um, pretty poor press. They weren't, they weren't performing for whatever reason. We had problems with endowment policies and everything else. So people were taking matters into their own hands and, and I started to understand really what a mortgage was and, and how important it and what, it, what what an important tool it could be uh, it could be to help create um, a, a lovely place to live in and also uh, be a, a really important tool to help you try and create a, 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 a side business if you want a property portfolio or to uh, to start earning some money from from properties. So that's how I got into the mortgage business, being half Spanish. And fluent in the language, uh, I was invited to come to Spain to the Costa del Sol to Marbella to understand how the Spanish market, well, mortgage market works and help the uh, the expat understand how they could buy a property in Spain uh, much easier. And that's when I, I decided that I quite liked it uh, out here in Spain. I, I knew I had quite a lot of knowledge from the UK mortgage market and, uh, and obviously I could speak Spanish and can read and write Spanish. So I thought, well, what, what a fantastic place for me to uh, be able to grow because what I noticed when I first got here uh, is Spain, there was a, a huge lack of uh, regulation compared to what I was used to working under. And the mortgage market in Spain was like the wild west. It was just <laughs> ridiculous. Um, the the banks were giving out mortgages like they were skittles at the end of the day, and basically you, all you needed was a, a passport and a, and a pulse, and you could have got a mortgage. To be fair, you didn't even have to have funds for the deposit. So there, it was just like a mass frenzy of property purchasing, which, to be honest, actually at first put me off a bit. I was a bit worried because I thought this isn't going to end up. Well, but you end up getting into the lifestyle and, and you know, and, 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 and I've always loved Spain. I've always been drawn to Spain. So I thought, yeah, no, you know, I'll stick it out. Uh, and in 2006, I, I decided um, to go on my own because I thought, you know, I had the right skills and the, and the right knowledge uh, to, to do that. And that's when I created Fluent Financial Board. And we started off quite well. And it's just me uh, on my own. And then, um, and then the, the uh, the financial crash came in 2008 and that hit Spain very, very badly. As you know, Terry, uh, Spain, Italy, um, Ireland, Portugal and Greece. Spain was part of what they, the so-called pig countries. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, I have to say that it was a complete disaster, you know, but um, I was just, I was in a, in a Zoom meeting a little bit earlier and we were talking about that and um, Spanish property prices didn't start to increase uh, from 2000, late 2008 until 2014. So you you did a, you did a massive six six years of a of a recession on the property property wise. So um, so yeah, so we went through all of that. So we've gone we've gone through some good times with, with Spanish banks. Um, we've gone through some very difficult times, but I hopefully am recognised as probably one of the 
one of the the mainstayers and one of the leaders of the of the uh, of the Spanish mortgage market, and um, and that's where we're at at this moment. Very, very much so. Very, just not not all the detail, right? But how did you keep going? Those so say your two thousand eight crash to two thousand and forty. How did you not not financially? How did you keep going? How did you in your head? Well, I was very lucky that I didn't have huge costs. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I had the mo- at that time, I didn't have a mortgage, so I was uh, I was in rented accommodation. So you you end up saying, well, I can't afford that rent. So what I'll end up doing is, is finding a more humble place. And you just, I just brought all my costs right down to a minimum, and yeah. just everything that any spare cash, I just invested in myself and in my business. That was <laughs> it. And um, you know, no fancy holidays, no trips abroad, or you know. And, and, going out and just having tapas and stuff like that. So <laughs> you just do whatever you've got to do to get through to the other end, and then no matter how long. But, but you know, I had to make a, a decision to myself. It's like, well, what do I do? Do I stay, do I stay here and tap it out? Or, or do I go back to the UK and try and find another job, back into a bank or something like that? And I thought, you know, I was lucky enough that I was young enough. I was 29 when I think I came to Spain. Um, and I didn't have any, a family at that time. So I could really just really focus on myself and just mm-hmm. be able to do that. So if 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 I if 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 I had a big mortgage or if I had a, a you know family and stuff, maybe I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you no. uh, as the owner of Fluent Finance Board. But yeah. um, that's how that's that's basically it. And and I will blow smoke a little bit more power to your elbow. As I said, you, you're fully on top of the market. It's a, it's a difficult market now, right? We won't even talk about Brexit yet, but in terms of the regulation that comes with it. You know they have learned a bit, and I've you know seen you in, in, in action in terms of what you do. And uh, again, like as a, as a compliment to you, I see how you deal with people with all sorts of problems. You're a good go-to guy there in San Pedro in that area. You know, people turn up. What about this? What about that? What about this? You know, and it, sometimes sometimes it nearly looks like a doctor's your spot. You know, there's all people dotted around reception. And what's the what's his problem? Don't know yet, but we'll soon bloody find out and stuff like that. But, but that's quite cool because it makes it. It, it makes it a bit of variety as well. You wouldn't, I know you've got to do your regulation. You've got your team there doing the stuff, but a good bit of variety as well in terms of what you do. I mean, how can we put it? I mean, we're um, we're a bridge for a lot of people who can't speak Spanish very well. Yeah. You know, um, you know, our level of Spanish is 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 is, is extremely high. I mean, I know and Eva and, and everyone here, all the Spanish people that work here, obviously they're natives. Yeah. Um, so if someone comes in and. Uh, they're unsure about a bit of advice that they've got from their bank about a pension, whatever it may be, or you're even a, even a, a very basic tax um, mm-hmm. question. Then, if we can't answer it, we certainly because we've been in the business so long and, and we've got a fairly good reputation with fellow professionals, and we we do know which ones are good and which ones aren't. aren't yeah. good. Got, ones to kiss are the, got to kiss the frogs, haven't you, along the way? But the thing is, you know, being half Spanish, I mean, when when a Spaniard talks to me, I do, I, I do, I do, I do, I have got the ability to understand what they're saying to me and yeah. what they're really saying to me. Yeah, and the con- proper right? context so I, of it. Yeah. Yeah, because I can I can understand the context. I can sit. I can when a Spaniard talks to me in their language, I can smell. Uh, you know, you mentioned it. BS. I can smell it. I mean, because I'm half Spanish. You know, I, yeah. I grew up in Spain. My, my family is Spanish. So, um, so yeah, I can cut a lot of all of that out. Yes, we've made mistakes. Yes, we've maybe got into bed with probably some some people that have turned turned out to be um, uh, what you want, you know disappointing. Um, but we've lived, we live and learn, and we've got a hell of a lot of experience, and we're well known, and we we do know a lot of people. So a lot of people come to us just for initial advice and just uh, just general guidance. So yeah, we're we're more 
wouldn't yeah. happen to quite people in the right way. I'm right going direction. back to where you are at the minute. Obviously, we're not going to the politics and all the other garbage with Brexit, but how, how has Brexit affected you in terms of what you do there? Is that cut the market back or is it still too early? Or Don't start, uh, Brexit... don't start sending off here. I know you'll go nuts <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's part of the course. Um, yeah. The banks, in terms of the banks, the banks have already factored Brexit, the Brexit effect in anyway. So they, they, they've um, started treating Brits as third, as mem third member country, uh, per per person, um, probably around about 12 months ago. So, right. you know, in terms of a lending perspective, a Brit really shouldn't expect more than 60% yeah. as, as like a, a North American Expense, right? Yeah. Third country, uh, the the laws and regulations now have completely changed. You, you're not a European citizen, so you, you should expect sixty percent. Obviously, there are top end clients, high end clients that will get the seventy percent because you know that's just who they are and their profile. But the, the you know the the rule of thumb is, uh, whereas a French person would get would should expect to get a maximum seventy percent, a Brit now would, should expect sixty percent. Yeah. that's absolutely fine the, the banks are still still fine still working on it still working on it and still you know the, the banks are fine the, the banks know know exactly what they're dealing with they've been dealing with brits for 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 decades so they know exactly what what they're doing it's just they tighten up the rules a little bit because i don't know european enforcement orders and all that kind of stuff they're no longer going to be uh going to be valid so it's going to be a little bit harder to chase someone for a non-payment of, of a mortgage <clears throat> in their home country so you know that's obvious so they, they, they're just going to tighten the rules a little bit the brexit in itself will it affect the spanish property market i think it will um what we now know about the rules of uh, being able to come and, and live in spain now it's, it's going to be quite difficult mm. uh, in terms of the amount of um, health insurance that you're going to have to have the amount of savings that you're going to have to have if you're, you know, how much regular income that you're going to need to, which, which is going to, is going to force people to maybe sell up. Yeah. How many, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see until the pandemic is finished, until mm -hmm. we see the, the full consequences of Brexit. But, you know, you, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to work out that places like Costa Blanca and certain places on the Costa del Sol, Tenerife, whatever, who, who do cater for a lower budget, um, you know, those property owners may have to consider going back to the UK and selling up because they won't be able to get access to, to the free healthcare that, they, that they've been, uh, been able to get Absolutely. access to. And it's usually that demographic, they need it more as well, that the older, the older you know, people retiring to the sun, trying to warm the old bones up when they get out there eventually and stuff like that. So, Well, yeah, yeah. if you're 75 or 80 years old, you know, what's the cost of a private medical insurance going to be? It's going to be extortionate. So mm. um, you're not going to be able to afford that if you're on a state pension. That's, that's obvious. So you may have invested in into a property uh, that's worth 150000 Think, well, I can't get healthcare here anymore. I'm going to have to go back. Because um, I can't afford the healthcare yeah. in Spain anymore, so the property is going to have to go on the market. How many of those properties are going to have to go on the market? We don't know. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be a slow dribble that demographic as well. It's just almost the needs, isn't it? As they as they as they go through. Was a, there was a great old fellow the other night where we live in Harrogate, and he's 82, right? But he'd got some great one-liners, and one of them was he booked a holiday, but he says I always book it within three months because of where I am in the in the in my in my life, right? Yeah. But so he overpaid for a holiday, paid for the full lot, not just the 260 quid deposits. Yeah. And so he's trying to get it back off jet to it. So we well, don't worry about it. You'll be going in about three or four months. He says, let me tell you, 
I don't buy green bananas, love. <laughs> I haven't got time to wait for them to ripen. I don't know whether I'm going to be here when they're oh, ripen. Exactly. And so you've got that trick. I think I think it's going to be a slow, in terms of obviously 2008 and some of the real sort of, for want of a better phrase, crappy developments, some of the sort of stuff that went on then, that, that, that there's still a big enough lump of that. I think this is going to be a sort of slow sort of dribble effect. Not, not, I don't think there's going to be much of that. Some areas there will be, like you and you're saying, if you go to the golf resorts up near Merthia and up near there and... Yeah. It's not been sorted still. So that's, you know, that's our bedrock in terms of what we, you know, we, we do with the new property solutions there. Yeah. But in terms of overall, what about the Spanish economy, Mark? How, obviously, every, everyone's got to deal with COVID. How's that COVID? Uh, COVID is it's, it's bad, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's not good. Um, that, you know, the Spanish economy relies heavily on tourism. So that's knackered. I've just been on the, excuse my French, but... Um, but I've just been on the on the phone to an agent uh, on Zoom to an agent in Tenerife. The whole island is related yeah. is, is related to tourism. So yeah, everyone's struggling. I mean, you know, we've got people that you know, I know I've got friends that work in hotels and things like that. They haven't worked for over a year. I mean, this this is a disaster. So, but you know, what like you know, when is the vaccine going to be rolled out? How long is it going to take? There's no real light at the end of the tunnel that I can see. So it's, it's Mass it's really frustrating, and there's going to be a lot of job losses. Of course, they are. I mean, I spoke to, spoke to a lawyer friend of mine this this, this morning, and he's he's involved in um, helping people with, with toxic there, and he said he's, he's never been busier, and uh, and that's from 2008. So it's yeah. kind of so yeah, no, it's not good. It's not good. Is, but, is, there, is there furlough out there? Is there furlough facilities? You know, there's doing? something called the ERTE, E R T E. Yeah, which is exactly the same as the the furlough scheme. Um, there's no then, then for businesses, they sort of bounce back loans or anything like that. Is that no problem? Yeah, they're quite difficult to get hold of. I mean, again, we're lucky enough we haven't had to to tap into any of those uh, government assistances as yet. Uh, hopefully, we don't have to. So we haven't explored too much about it. But they, yes, they are. But again, they're difficult to get. They're not as straightforward as a as a bounce back loan in the UK. I, I mean, I know people, businesses. Yeah. Access to them is filling the form, and a couple of days later, you got the money. That doesn't happen in Spain. There's a lot more red tape in Spain. The big problem in Spain, really, in my opinion, is that they're in a political deadlock between left and right. They can't, they can't, they just hate each other. They just cannot, cannot come up. Now, what one thing that impresses me about the government at the moment in the UK is the opposition. The opposition aren't really doing anything to hinder Boris Johnson's government. You know, Keir Starmer is doing everything. He's just been really quiet and he's just letting the government get on with it, which yeah. is exactly what needs to be done. During yes, it's beyond politics, this, isn't it? It's, beyond, it's yeah. beyond, but in Spain, unfortunately, Terry, they, it's, they don't care. They really yeah. don't care. It's all about your left. Oh, well, you're disgusting. You're right. And we're not going to vote for anything that you guys put forward because we just don't like you. And it is literally that. That is. And is it, I was doing that earlier. Is that it's just literally one lot get in, they fall out, then the next lot get in. And it's just either or, nowhere, no middle ground at all. There's no middle ground. There's no, I mean, I, I talk to people and it's, 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 it, you're red or you're blue. That's it. And it's, yeah. and it's, uh, and there's no one in the middle. And, and that's, that's the problem with this country, unfortunately. And all the different regions, we've got all the problems with Catalonia and all this kind of stuff. There's no unity, unfortunately. Yeah. And so therefore it's constant bickering and infighting. There's, you know, there's one, one region's trying to out, you know, oust one, one, one group because of, whatever it is, whatever, whatever corruption thing that they, they suggest. 
and it's just that is not what we should be doing. No, it's uh, draining, terribly draining. You just don't need that crap. And I'm not even apologise for the fact because it is crap. See, the, what about the banks? How are our dear banks? I think there's been a bit of consolidation there with a few of them, there, Kaiser and Banker, Banker. And I know Sabadell at one point were looking, I think, to hook up with BBVA. What, what about the banks? So you, they seem to be okay at the minute, or what are they? Yeah, the banks are good. I mean, like like you say, from 2008, there's been, uh, um, I think there used to be 55 different registered banks and building societies in Spain. Uh, that's been consolidated down to now, you know, the traditional ones are around about 12. We've got a, a few online challenger banks. Right. Again, um, you know, they're just stepping out and see how they develop. Yeah. They're just targeting on, on, on the big cities and the main, and the main resident uh, Spaniard. Yeah. Um, so our options are a little bit limited at the moment with the merger of Bankia and Caixa that's created the Spanish, the Spain's biggest bank. Yeah. So that'd be interesting to see. Um, we obviously work very closely with both of those banks, so now that bank is going to turn into one. One of the banks was pretty open in terms of lending. The other one was a bit more conservative, so mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how that develops. But obviously, we've got people in the on the inside from both camps, so you know we'll we'll be keeping our close, you know, keeping our contact close with that. So the Sabadell merger with BBVA, well. BVBA was supposed to assume or take over Sabadell, and Sabadell just didn't fancy that at all. So they're going, they're carrying on as they are, um, which is a good thing. Because um, the more banks we've got, the more options in return to my business, the better, the better it is. So uh, there's been a hell of a lot of change, and um, and probably the problem with Spanish banks is that they they were just completely overstaffed, <coughs> and obviously staff carry huge huge costs. So this is why we're seeing this um, uh, this mergers of so many banks just to cut the amount of staff so that they're not so uh, so much of a just problem. so we get the context and the comparable. Do, are they are they branch closures? Because obviously in the UK branch closures masses masses. You know you, you know you, you you drive through areas you start seeing banks old bank buildings. You know they have that look in the UK, don't they? They're nurseries, they're uh, Chinese restaurants, Indian restaurants, whatever they are, right? Anything and everything in there. Are they getting you getting the branch closures there as much or yeah loads absolutely oh, yes. loads i mean yeah. you know you could walk down i don't know marbella marbella's uh main street yeah Ricardo Soriano. 15 years ago every other thing was a it oh. was a joke i mean i couldn't understand it this was you know, just like this doesn't make sense how, you know how can these banks be making so much money that they can afford all this now all of that there's probably you know four or five different different ones i mean it was you know and then san pedro it's a small town just yeah. every other every other thing was a bank now they consolidated it down uh, you know they voluntary redundancies uh we've had to say goodbye to some friends of ours in bank of sabadell yesterday right. because they've been out the bank for 35 years but yesterday was their last day because they, they were offered early redundancy and they've taken it so yeah they, they're just culling i mean i think when when all of this happened i said they're going to have to chuck the banking industry in half mm -hmm. for it to actually start yeah. well because it was just hemorrhaging money but because there was so much money around at the time from the, the us and everything else like that, it didn't really matter um but obviously when they all fell apart everyone started to look into what you know what was really going on and it was just just a massive cash cow which yeah 
Well, that's what you're finding. They, they, they can't carry the overhead bases. I mean, because it's good because we're sort of playing a sort of little bit of tennis here in terms of when you compare it. But we've got UK town centres absolutely dying, absolutely dying. You're now getting them where they look from the middle out rather than how to go to the middle. And yeah. uh, you've got Ipswich, you've got this new policy where they're trying to grow from the middle and spread out rather than just go to the town centre because shopping centres are yesterday's history. You, 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 of my experience, of say, of San Pedro, it's pretty good occupancy in terms of you go through the retail area there and everything else. Uh, what's the shopping centre outside Marbella? Because my excuse me. Yeah, like Kenyatta, right? And more or less full, obviously not the minute, but but that seems to work quite well. And it, it's, it's Spain, Spain still seems to have that town almost like pride of the center of towns and stuff like that and it is a social place to go to obviously yeah. you got the benefit of the weather yeah boris lets us out on the 12th of april right uh, so we can eat outside you know what the weather's like here right we've got it's supposed to be sunny today we've got like nine degrees max you know it is going to be teeming down with rain you know that you know it's going to be oh, it's going to be brutal weather but going back spain still has that community feeling in towns you know which, which which you still get there but it's good to hear the banks are in good form and they had to do that bit of consolidation they've got to do this because they've got to be able to power through haven't they yeah they were forced to do it i mean at the end of the day you you know don't forget that, that all banks um or the majority of banks you know talk about rbs and lloyds in the uk they had public money to bail them out it's, it's the same the same with spanish banks so they were forced to to you know get their get their ship in order because at the end of the day it's just not right you know mm. you can't there was, there was so much corruption in within the banks as well as jobs for the boys you know that you, you know you got connections to cordoba cordoba used to be owned pretty much the whole of the center by Cajasur, which right. is a society um who, who went under you know probably took almost took cordoba down with it yeah. i mean it's not you can't get the banks to it so much uh, and they it's just um it was just an accident waiting to happen. Cordoba's but... got a decent population. What's about 300,000? All right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's not like, not like a wee town, is it? Not, I mean, big, no, big, big, no, bigger than Marbella. Much bigger than Marbella. I mean, it's yeah. one of, you know, Sevilla, Cordoba, and Malaga. They're the three main, and yeah. Cadiz. Those are the, the four main towns in Andalusia. Um, but I mean, it was just, just ridiculous. I can't, I struggle to explain how, how, how such a big blob of, rubbish it was it was just unbelievable really i mean obviously dealing with spanish banks and you're like what you know just didn't they have people walking around the the halls in cordoba in, in cajasoy what does he do don't know he's been here for years he's just walking around and around with a piece of paper and something i mean it's it's you know that, that's extreme but i mean um I, but i think it's know. world over mark okay we've got we do work uh in the in the south island here right and aib have a great big center down near the rugby ground there right and it's it's, it's like ballsbridge road and it's, it's like they've got their own shops in there it's that bigger branch right we were trying okay. to get hold of a man once there we actually rang up hr and said is he still with us is he very you know not is he still with you is he still alive and we're going, yeah, we've got his details. Was there any chance of him ever coming back? And you go to Cyprus, Cy Cypriot banks, right? Do not give a monkeys, not a monkeys, not a monkey. Don't care. Go to work, come up. Don't give any, what happened today? No idea. Where's, where's my dinner? It must be that sort of mindset. And it's, it, it's been difficult because they've all had tough times and you'll have seen them, what banks have gone through there. But in terms of SME, so we've got two hats, you know, so obviously we're here as Bell & Company and that's what this is primarily about, but we've got the EU side and where we're kindly, we sometimes uh, work with you for, in terms of your insight. Uh, but SMEs in Spain, how are they going to do here? Take, take away, if you like, the tourist side, if you can. So if you go in, 
20 miles, you start get to more like real Spain. What are they thinking on the economy there in terms of small businesses? It's a difficult one for me to say. I mean, I mean, uh, my next door neighbour is is um, in agriculture, so he, you know, right. he's, he's he's a man of the lands, and he um, he's always bringing you know onions and watermelons and everything else like that. He's saying he's never been busier, so that's a good start. Yeah, good. Yeah, you know, yeah. because lockdown, what are you going to do? You're going to spend your money on food, basically. So yeah. uh, in terms of you know the actual food production, that's been good. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I mean. We, over the nightclub, Spain is very much, you know, obviously the manufacturing, that's all there. I mean, I, to be honest, Terry, I can't really give you a, a, an insight. As right. to, not going to be easy, I know. But you're saying it was a good, there's all those, also some positives. We were talking to a guy, as I say, from AJ Bell the other day, and he, we, we were doing it. There are good business people, you know, we've got to be careful because mainstream media, you know, just call it for what it is. It's, it's, it's crap. You know, they only manifest themselves in bad news. But there are good businessmen and women out there, and it, some are doing very. Some people are doing very well, right? And not yeah. not not at the misfortune of others. It's just that they're good people, and yeah. opportunities will come from them. It's just making sure you make the. You know, you need the backdrop for it to work. Here in England, Rishi Rishi Sunak is like just sticking a photocopy and printing cash like crazy. Yeah, no. uh, I mean, look. The, all I can say is that. Um, this is a health issue. This isn't. Uh, this is a you know. Um, it's got nothing to do with the economy. The economy you know. and everything else was doing okay before, and as soon as the health issue disappears, or as soon as we get a handle on that, you know, people are fit and healthy. They're going to have money from the banks. You know, so if if, uh -huh. you, if one business falls down, all right, fine, we'll get up and do an, we'll do another one. Yeah. They'll still be able to get money from the bank because the ECB is going to be printing money just like the Bank of England's been yeah. printing. And they're going to be desperate for the banks to get it out there. Yeah. So I think it'll be a you know yes, there will be it'll be I think it's going to be pretty horrific, but it's going to be very very short term because yeah. people are just going to start wanting to get out and do things again. And um, and it's not the economy that's holding them back. It's this health issue, this pandemic issue yeah. that's holding them back. As soon as you get rid of that, however long that will take, yeah, and people can start moving freely, goods can start moving freely again, yeah, then we'll just pick it back. When we're a lot stronger than they make us out to be, everything in the news is we're so fragile, we're all going to snap in the breeze, sort of stuff, aren't we? Yeah, there's some people do struggle, right? Get that, but we're not, we're not useless. On a, on a slightly personal level, you had COVID, didn't you? Was, yeah. was it like, was it how bad was it? Man flu or? It flattened you for a few days. I know you used it's still a wee bit of an effect on you. Uh, to be honest, I mean, the first couple of days, I mean, uh, you know, I started feeling a little bit ill on the Friday at work. I carried on feeling a bit rough. And downstairs, we have a clinic, a private health yeah. clinic. So I popped downstairs to have a test just to be on the safe side. My partner, Kelly, she had the test for school because she's a school teacher. Yeah. On the Friday, when I started to feel ill, that came back negative. Um, so I was more, I was just as shocked as anyone to 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 be tested positive. But um, so we quarantined for the two weeks. I felt fine, but obviously it's COVID, so you 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 do worry, don't you? That you know, I feel fine at the moment, but when is am I going to start feeling worse? Yeah. But I, you know, I didn't I didn't really feel feel bad at all, and. But what I have noticed that even still, and this is a couple of months later, that every morning I still wake up and I'm still oh, a little bit, bit, bit jaded. Yeah, it's still a little bit jaded, but nothing, nothing to, to put me down. But every day it's getting less and less and less. So um, 
I've been thinking about this and this. So yeah. I, I've definitely, I think, I think I've definitely had COVID, but I don't yeah. think it was false. And you're a pretty healthy fella. Apart from Friday afternoons in the restaurants, we won't, but we won't go into that. And then you still, you, I wanted to mention, really, yeah. um, because they're shedding a lot of staff, what's um, shedding a lot of staff in terms of being able front-facing staff, yeah. and they're trying to move stuff online. For me personally, as, for us being a broker, uh, that deals specifically with Spanish banks and Spanish lending. I don't want to count the chickens, but I feel this is going to be a massive opportunity. Now, you think yeah. they don't, the banks are going to be, become more reliant on companies like ICAOs. Why? Because they were regulated now. So we're registered with the Bank of Spain. So, you know, we have that element of trust. They can trust mm -hmm. us now that we, you know, we've taken exams and everything else like that. But for the banks, why why is it interesting for them? Well, because they don't have the costs associated with marketing. They don't have no. the staffing costs. They don't have the the regulatory costs. They don't have the insurance costs. We take all of that on. Yep. And so they therefore they're sort of outsourcing uh, marketing and client and, yeah. and capturing the clients, which is which is which is fantastic for us as a business. You Absolutely. Know, they were so big and they, they managed to do all of that themselves. Now they're being trimmed down and they're relying on people like 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 us to do that for yeah. them. Well, so yeah, it goes back to those previous, it's obviously an updated model. So they want to almost like just be a platform. Yeah. You're essentially an old school packager, aren't you? As long as it, you know, it's a, and it, that's what you've got here in terms of the peer-to-peer -peer lending, the funding circles, all of that sort of stuff loaded yeah. up. System says, yeah, somebody just checks it and away you go. Yeah. No, it's it, 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 and from from there on, but it's got to, it's got to be. You cannot carry the overheads in today's world. The world's look how how, how it gets turned on its head like it has. It's, it's amazing when you no, think I mean, the likes of EasyJet had to take a like a billion pounds off the government just to park up hundreds of planes, and it's it's going to for those sort of guys. Going to so it, this is where you get the pluses and the minuses. Isn't it? Nearly the old tradition. If you did it the old traditional way, if you're an old school solicitor, you just open the door and I, I expect some trade today. It ain't going to happen. No, no, no. And, and, and with the, I mean, I've got a client at the moment who um, is in charge of 80,000 staff worldwide. And not one of them is working. They're all working from home. Yeah. And it's just immense. You know, that's just immense. You, you know, I spoke to him and I said, you know, you know, he said, Mark, if this happened 10 years ago, we would be, we would be knackered. But yeah. the thing is, with the advances of technology, every, I mean, look, I'm sitting here talking to you. Yeah. Uh, we've got a website. We don't necessarily need a shop. No. Because the website is our shop Absolutely. at the end of the day. Yeah. So you don't, you know, so there again, so if you have a shop on the high street, what's the point? I've got my website. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You'll only, the only people that see your shop will be people that live in that area. Yeah. Whereas the website, people can see you from all over the world. What's the yeah. point of investing in the shop? When I can close the shop and invest that money into my website, so I've yeah. got more of a presence out there. So it's now I can I can see why shops in the high street are, are losing business, but yeah. you know because um it's just not no need for it anymore. It doesn't make any any economical sense. It's a nice to have, isn't it? Oh yeah. look, this is our shop window. Blah, 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 blah. This is who we are. You don't need it. No, you don't need it. And everybody, this is this is where you're going to get those changes with individuals through this, aren't you? Suddenly, could he? As I said, you've got our grandchildren over with us in England at the minute, right? Buzzer goes, all right, in the apartment. They both go Amazon. 
almost like you know Pavlos dogs <laughs> must be someone some from Amazon sort of stuff and you know it's you know, somebody just delivering someone else you know so and we, we massive change in, in the world of going there but it's good to see that banks has been strong in Spain because they're going to need them you've got to have that strong banking side yes yeah, whereas last time it was I think someone gave me the analogy they said right when I think it was about 2012 when we're up near the Murthy area and I said where do you see this going because obviously it's still pretty pretty poor at that time and they say you know when you have that dream right and you fall off somewhere and you don't scream and then you start screaming said, we're not even screaming yet this time they, they they've got their act together they've tidied up a lot of their stuff and you just say they're cutting themselves to make sure they're ready for the next thing the next period so what, what about so just in terms of so we're comparing a couple of things in spain what, what other sort of financial products do you have obviously you're mainly mortgages do you have lifetime mortgages uh, is it the same sort of life cover thing and all that sort of stuff how does that compare Compared to the UK, we're 25, 30 years behind in right. terms of uh, what financial services there are to offer. And private banking, yeah, you can you know, do whatever you like. You can, you've got unit trust, you can invest in all sorts of different things. And, yeah. Um, but to, you know, the mortgage market is very, very basic. Um, there's nothing exciting. There's no like uh, interest only, for example, doesn't exist in Spain. Right. So, yeah, we, I mean, it, you know, Spain is, a, is rife. For, for for new banks to come in yeah. and start coming coming in with new ideas in its innovative uh, ways of doing things and bringing out new products but the problem with Spain is that you have to deal with the legal system and you've got to make sure that you're compliant with all the laws now the laws in Spain are you know, it's all tied to court and everything else and uh, so that is a little bit prohibitive. Uh, in terms of, of a lending, I, I'll give you a, I give you an example, Terry. I mean, if you wanted to take a you lent, bank lent someone some money and they didn't pay you, it would take you at least four or five years to repossess that property. Yeah. Now, if you're a lender thinking about coming into Spain, that may put you off, to be honest, because you know yeah. how you know how how costly is it going to be for me to you know recoup my money? Uh, and if you have to go for a lengthy court procedure, then. <clears throat> I, I know of, of potential private, private, um, no, secondary lenders that have decided against it because it's just not worth uh, the legal battle. Yeah, As, you know, in the England, in England, you make it's, it's much quicker. England is. It's each going to be slowing down because the courts are ramped because they've taken basically had a gap year with this current. You know, in Northern Ireland, because you, you get these things all the time, don't you? So you get cross jurisdictions. So we're in Northern Ireland. You've got that little hiccup with the Brexit where they sit. Some people are doing very well on the back of that, mm. but what they particularly find is they go and get a judgment in England, and it's a bit like trying to get it enforced in Northern Ireland as a whole different ballgame. Well, Send your judgment over. Oh, cool. What do you want to do about it? Well, we want pay it. You know, right. Well, we're here. You're there. And then you go to the south, even the even at, uh, so Ulster Bank may have uh, or any bank, Bank of Ireland will have footholds on both sides, but cross jurisdiction is real tough. They can't do it themselves. They're no good at it. Crap at it. See, 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 see. I think that's a, a worldwide problem. So it's always trying to break into market. You got to, I think the only place really you can do it if you're going to break into market is America because they just actively encourage it. You say, come on, come on, come on. It goes wrong. They threaten to bin. They get on with things. Yeah, you know, in the states, you know, it's it's very much by everywhere. If you do. If you don't pay your mortgage, I guess it's pretty easy for them to sort of uh, uh, go in and, and take possession. Whereas in Spain, it's a, it's it's a it's a legal minefield, as you, as, as, you, yeah. as you know. I mean, it's yeah. it's fraught with danger for for the lenders, which it's good for the for the. But it shouldn't really take four years to repossess. No, imagine it's, it's not not. Like, they took the money, they got the property. That that's your man, that's your woman. Go figure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, if they if they have fallen under. 
difficult circumstances yeah. for whatever reason, then of course you need to take that into account. But you know, four years to minimum four years to get someone out so that puts people off and puts investors off. So how and are I, you? How are you planning going forward? Are you just head down and plow through, or have you got other other plans in terms of? Difficult to to plan expansions and stuff, but uh, until this is finished, but we do have ideas. I mean, um, you know, you you've met Julian. Yeah. Um, he used to work in Gibraltar for Lloyd's International, so yeah. he's got a lot of a lot of contacts there, and, and he likes that area. So um, it's in in our potential business plan to open a, a, a separate office in Santa right? Yeah. Uh, but we've obviously that was going to happen last year, but you know that, that didn't happen. So that's in in our in our in our in in our. Um, in our vision for the future. Yeah. And then the challenge will be to, to keep business levels as they are, keep growing in front on business levels. But then in order to us to do that, we need to find and recruit um, the right the right people to help yeah. us grow. Yeah. And because because now the anyone that needs to talk about wants to be a Spanish mortgage advisor has to pass the exam. Um, it's, it's not it's not an easy exam to pass. Believe me, I I I, I did it. And I remember you going worried. through it. I was quite worried. Um, so yes, we can find people that pass the exam, but do they have the have the language skills that we require for them to be able to advise the foreign uh, borrower uh, in in the right manner? Because yeah. it's uh, you know you've got to be able to communicate well with your clients and with the, with the banks in order for to get the message across. Um, so yeah, no, so it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But you know, we have plans to 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 move forward. We put them on hold, obviously, and we'll see where we are. So. Got, to, got to get that solid base to go from again, haven't you? Got to got to see. Yeah, that's the, that's important. I mean, it's it's, it's not easy in uh, setting up a business, as you know. No, it's so you know, it's, you know, I'm I'm a good mortgage advisor, but I, I I may not be the best business person. You know, I might be good at you know, talking to clients and, and, and getting my message across, but what maybe I'll fall a bit down on, you know, accounting. Things but like you, that. you can't be all things, can you? Because you wouldn't do anything. Right. It's, it's that old thing that there's two, two adages. One was said, you can take the view where you say, right, dive off a cliff and build the plane on the way down. Or the other one is just get going, get perfect later. Because you can't do each and everything. You've got to, and learn, you, you've got to learn on the job, basically. Yeah. Yes. And you've got, you've got a brilliant setup there in the team. There you've got a great office manager and everything else. So that all works well. And it, I know testimonials can be old hat, but you've been getting some great testimonials. There was one that good the other day for Julian. I thought he must have written it himself. I said to Julian, mm -hmm. I can recognize your handwriting, wasn't it? It was, yeah. it, was, it was a very nice testimonial. But again, more power to your elbow in terms of what you're doing there. Do you are you trying to extend more into Europe? You know, so obviously Brits, as you say, were out there third parties slightly. You're looking at France, the the um, Baltic countries and like that. Do you do you market up there? No. No. Um, no, again, like you say, you could be a master, you know, you could like yeah. butter, you spread yourself too thin. You know, there's a massive market here in Spain. Yeah. And the the the, the figure of mortgage broker, you know, in in the UK, they got John Car John Charcoal, for example, where I used to grow, has been around for 47 years. Yeah. But the this figure, because we're 25, 30 years behind in the UK, the, the actual, I mean, mortgage brokers were only regulated in Spain in 2019. Yeah. That's just mad. And it's it's only now that the Bank of Spain is actually recognizing that a mortgage broker A exists and B is quite important in the process. Yeah. Now, 
last year there was 300,000 mortgages sold to pets, whatever. Right. There's such a massive market for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. It still comes back. We say, well, yeah, we may have left Brexit, right? But it's still a good place to go to. 300, I think it's 320 days of sunshine. Yeah. I think we get the other 45. That's all we get here. <laughs> right. And you've been here, you know how cold it is and everything else, and you know. Right? So that, that's always, it doesn't matter what you do. You get out, that's, that's a different thing. Well, you know, get, get to my sort of age, you need the old bones warming every now and again. And we, we got some flights booked for July, but whether that happens, we'll see. Um, Look, just to give you an example, this client of ours that, that runs an organization with 80,000 people all working from home, yeah, uh, worldwide, right? His top directives probably won't necessarily have to be in the office a lot these days. In fact, probably once the offices start open, his idea is probably to downsize in the office and, and, yeah. and encourage more homeworking. And I'm sure that's going to happen, right? So we're getting a lot of phone calls from people who are saying, well, if I'm, I'm expected to work from home a lot of the time now, or why would I do it from a flat in Solihull or wherever yeah, I am? Why absolutely. don't I do it in Marbella? Yeah. And after I finish work, yeah. I just pop downstairs and have a couple of canyons and I'll be I'm, I'm happy as Larry. And absolutely. then I can get on the flight in Malaga and I'll be I could be in the office within four hours. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Yeah. So you know, it's I think it's you know, I mean the, the, yeah, whole, the whole world's so much going back to your title, it's, it's more fluid, isn't it? In every sense. There was a thing, there's Citizen M Hotels, so they're struggling, but they came at the great thing where you could buy a month's pass on all their hotels for 1,500 euro. Yeah. And you could go and work a week in Stockholm, Madrid, wherever the bloody hell you wanted to be, uh, Zurich and everything. And the world's going to be like that because Jim, my son's got a mate there and he's a good golfer. He's, a, he's a, I'll be impolite, he's a bit of a strange cookie, but he's very, very intelligent. And he, he does a bit of work for Cambridge University. So it's a bit, what he does, I think, is a bit secret. But he only has to do five days a week. So he went, he's living in Lanzarote. And yeah. the fellow said, do your five hours because you, you know, you're buying his intellect, not his time. Down, the other thing is now he's playing off two. <laughs> but again, I'm going to have to go. But this is why I think Brexit was a bit of a shot. You know, we shot ourselves in a foot a little bit yeah. here because, you know, that freedom that you, that you, Massive. you, say, you all desire. Now that's you know we we put a little stop to that unfortunately. I mean yeah. to get up and just move to Spain to like I did. I just yeah. got you know and got offered a job and I moved and yeah. no, no problems in doing so. And I set myself up here. You know I wouldn't have been able to do it. I mean I would have done because I've got Spanish heritage. But I mean yeah. it's it's a bit of a nightmare, especially now that the pandemic's here. Yeah. And now that we know we can rewrite room anywhere in the world. Yeah. It's kind of like. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. We'll, we'll work through it. I'm sure it'll be we fine. We will. We will. And you say, like I was saying, it's good stuff out in the world. There's hopefully plenty of crap, but there's plenty There's plenty of good stuff. Right, I'm going to let you go because I know you're busy, right? But I have mm -hmm. to ask you a few personal questions, right? Well, Quick fire round, okay? Just a couple. Yeah. What score are you playing? What, what are you playing off in golf? What score? I've got two small children, Terry, that are two and a half and 14 months. So I haven't played golf in ages. So put me down for 22. Oh, Jesus. You just wear the mask. You, you, you even put your excuse. I knew you were going to come up with a bandit one anyway. Put right. me down as 22. That would do. 22, right. Wine, red or white? Red. Red all day. Cool. Um, Favourite social media platform? Instagram. Oh, yeah. Good. 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 What 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 do you, what would you look at most? Would that be Instagram or would it be? I know you did a little bit on LinkedIn and stuff like that, and you're doing more on there, which is good stuff to see. But Instagram, you enjoy. 
I only got involved in Instagram about six months ago. Right. Uh, only, only because of work. But you end up, you, you do see, you do waste a lot of time just flicking through silly little videos. So I'm, uh, I try and, I try not to go on social media too much. Yeah, too much. much yeah. It's, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's certain life. And favourite sport? I know what this is. Yeah, it's football. Yeah. And come on, your irons. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Right, a couple more. Uh, dinner party, right? I'm a great chef, as you know. You can pick yes. very fine red wines. Four yes. guests. Who would it, it can be like uh, dead or alive? Dead or alive. Four guests. I yeah. mean, uh, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, I would go in for Prince, and gotta gotta have. Yeah, why not? Bobby Moore in there, why not? Yeah, yeah. And let me help you. You haven't made an honest woman for Kelly, maybe? Yeah, go on in. Why? <laughs> okay, that's Mark's part. Yeah, i she wasn't there. Mark, Mark, Mark's managed to come up with every excuse why he shouldn't get married. And COVID's not an excuse by any stretch, but we've had Brexit, Donald Trump, and everything so far. Last one, right? Who should, so we put this on other people. Who, who do you think else we should speak to on this podcast? Again, we're trying to get people that really know their stuff and speak relatively straight. Just one person to anybody. Any, it can be anywhere. Um, who would, I don't know. And it can't be our Spanish lister. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know, Terry. Cool. You've, got, you've got me. I, I need to think about that. We'll, we'll, we'll adjust the volume, but we'll make it Stuart Weeks. Stuart Weeks, yeah, yeah. Because... The loudest man in the world. <laughs> That's no, brilliant. Thanks for that, mate. Just a bit of a crack, wasn't it, in a chat through? Yeah, lovely, it's yeah. Good. And, it's good to, and it's good sometimes just to just have it. When you, we know all this stuff, yeah, but it's quite good to wear. And so we just try and put it out there. We, we, we're going to sort of cut it up and use it for bits of social media, but we'll put the podcast up there as well. And I say, just trying to cut through a bit of BS, which is always good with all the, with all the other I hope stuff. You found, I hope you found it of interest. And absolutely, I'm, mate. Yeah, no, absolutely. came across it. You're, you're, uh, I said to you before, you're a very interesting man, Mark. You're very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Thanks for your time, mate. Lovely, it's lovely to see you, Terry. Yeah, see you soon, hopefully. Look after yourself, right? All my love to everyone and, uh, and Grace and the boys and Rado. And, and hopefully, we'll come over and see you soon. Yeah, well, yep, see you soon, mate. Take it easy. You've been listening to Real Talk with Terry and the team. If you'd like to hear more, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and stay updated with our latest episodes.